Agents Podcast. Today's podcast is brought to you by Follow a Boss. Follow a Boss is the real estate CRM that turns every agent into a top performer. Follow a Boss is packed with features, but it's intuitive and easy to use. So agents love working with it and it integrates with everything. Use multiple lead sources. Guess what? Follow a Boss keeps them all organized. Want to try new marketing channels? Switch website providers? Plug them right into Follow a Boss. Visit followupboss.com forward slash lab code to see how Follow a Boss helps you close more deals. That's followupboss.com forward slash lab code. Real estate agents, how many of you got into the business? with this in mind. You said, you know what? I'm going to become a realtor because I can control my time because my schedule, I can do whatever I want every single day and make a ton of money. And now here you are one, two, six, ten 10 years later, you're more in the business. You're working more hours and you cannot get the hell out of the business. Does that sound familiar? I think it probably does. Well, today we are bringing on a guest all the way currently from Vienna, Austria, Simon Severino, who is the founder of Strategy Sprints, and he coaches and focuses on helping professionals get out of their business, take back control of their time, and do all the things that you dreamt of doing when you got into real estate. Simon, welcome to the show, man. It's good to have you. Hey, everybody. It's so cool to be here. Let's do this. Awesome. So this is Lab Coat Agents, and we are a real estate agent-centric real estate group or Facebook group. Uh, and this is our podcast. Simon, I am I after reading about you, I am fully expecting that we are going to change a few of these agents' lives. But let's start with this. I mentioned you're coming from Austria. You and I were talking off air. You're from Rome, uh, Italy. So tell us a little bit about yourself, kind of how you came up in the business and what led you to where you are today. So, you know, I studied human sciences. I studied philosophy and psychology. And after, after it, I was broke <laughs> and, and, and had nothing that I really know how to do. Right. And so I had to find my way out. I did just volume of things, finding out what's the right thing. I tried everything, being on the front, being in the back row, stuff, stuff that is for the client, stuff that is behind the scenes. And then I found it quite quickly. My thing was helping teams with go-to-market, helping teams with how, how they execute go-to-market strategies. What should we do? How should we do it so that we, we win the market? And I did that for 17 years, flying to every possible city, to New York, to Shanghai, to Beijing, to Paris, and doing it with the teams. And then after a while, I said, hey, okay, and when am I going to solve my own business problems? And that was the moment when I pulled the trigger and said, okay, let's, let's do my own thing here. And uh, I created Strategy Sprints and um, I started as a passionate solopreneur, just helping people. We called it, I double your revenue in 90 days. And uh, with that promise, I had to better to deliver, right? And I have even a guarantee, a 100% money back guarantee. So I was on my toe, they were on their toe and they have to pay up front. So we are both on our toes and we are both 
in. We have skin in the game. I have skin in the game. They have skin in the game. And we want to double their revenue. So that's that's basically my journey. And here I am doing this every day, the whole day. And now, yeah, we are a global team. I love it. I love it. So I think I, I think there's 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 two things you hit on there that that really affect real estate agents. And number one is just just making money. Like that's the struggle, right? They they again they get into the business because it. I, I, for whatever reason, the perception is that you make a lot of money. I don't know why that is, but that's one perception. And that's, it's a hell of a lot harder than most people think, probably just because of work ethic. They just don't put the effort in uh, or they don't have the discipline. But then there's the other side of it for the agents who are, they are crushing it. They are making a ton of money, but they are working themselves to the bone. They're burning themselves out. They can't figure out how to get out of that business or they can't let go of the business or, or nobody can do it as good as me. And that's why I have to stay in the business. And it's just not as enjoyable. And so both are, are, are major issues and hurdles in the business. So I'll let you decide where you want to start on this. But as it relates to just those general concepts and ideas and thoughts and struggles, you know, where do you start with somebody to overcome either one of them? And, and I'll let you kind of, if you want to stay in one lane, please do. We all are in the same boat. We have all the same problem that we have only 24 hours and we have to really pick the few things that will move the needle forward. And it's really easy to get distracted and to do other things. And we have to be disciplined in identifying them every day and in delegating, outsourcing, cutting, or automating all the rest. And the cool thing is with technology, we can automate a lot. So we can go in the nitty gritty if you want. But generally, I have three habits that because I'm also a CEO who can easily get distracted by stuff. And so what do I do in order to stay on track? I have a daily habit, weekly habit, monthly habit, and I have three strategies to double check if I take on a project or not. So every activity, I, I run through these three strategies. And the three strategies are, does it increase my conversion rate? If I do it, does it increase my conversion rate? The rate percentage of deals closed versus not deals closed from the same number of conversations that I have per week. The second one is the frequency. Will it increase the frequency of my sales? Meaning, can I shorten the sales time from getting to know them to closing the deal from maybe months to weeks or from weeks to days? What can I do to shorten that? And then also upselling, retaining. In my case, it's really important when I have a client that I keep them because it's much cheaper. Cost of acquisition of a new client is much higher than just having a happy client that works again with me. That, that will be different in different sectors. But that's the second one, frequency. Does it increase the frequency? So do I reduce sales time and then or sales costs? And then this, the third thing, does it increase the price that I can charge? And that can be the commission rate, what, however I can charge price, or does it increase the way I charge that I can charge upfront instead of afterwards? That alone increases your cash flow just by changing the way you charge. Got it. So Got these it. three so things. Good. Does it increase my price? Does it increase my frequency? Does it increase my conversion rate? If it does not increase any of these three things, I will not do it. For, for example, 
buddies call me up. Hey, there is this new thing called Clubhouse. Do you want to be one of our moderators? We have a great stage. Okay, um, sounds good. Will it increase my frequency? No. Will it increase my conversion rate? No. Will it increase my price? No. Thank you, buddies. I'm out. Interesting. You know, and, and it's funny that you mentioned that because our industry, a lot of people did get sucked into things like a clubhouse and, you know, and, and I was guilty of it. And, and it, I quickly had to realize this is not worth the time that I'm putting into it. I gave it a shot. I went once in, I enjoyed it afterwards. I asked myself these three questions and it was very clear that I shouldn't do it. Yeah. So because I was, how do I get those leads really into a conversion engine? And there was no way. Right. Because well, there is you, no reason of getting more leads if you don't have a machine that turns them into clients. Right. And from Clubhouse, it's, it's too far away. From email is great. From podcast is great. There are many ways that you can funnel them directly into a conversion machine. But from, 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 from Clubhouse, you have to go to Instagram, from Instagram to email. Come on. That's, it's too tedious. Interesting. Interesting. Do you have any other examples that you could give that like a clubhouse? Because I think a lot of people, uh, especially agents would say to themselves, okay, I, I get what you're saying, but it's so easy to get wrapped up when I see an expert like, you know, Tristan Aumato who founded this group or Jeff is on social media saying, you need to go try clubhouse. And we were guilty of that. We said that because we also were the ones telling people that they needed to embrace TikTok, And, and we were right about that one, but we were wrong about clubhouse. So how, how is it, how is it that somebody can quickly identify that in our world, which, which is real estate? Yeah. Give it one hour. If it increases your frequency or your conversion rate or your price continue, if not skip it. How can, you, how can you always identify that, though, with just in one hour? You go, you go on one clubhouse stage or room or whatever, however it's called. You, you, you do one room with 200 people and you see your conversion rate. You, you know one hour later what your conversion rate is and um, you have enough information. So how would you equate that then to some of the more traditional things that real estate agents do to get business? You know, so for example, let's just talk about leads. A lot of agents invest in a Zillow or realtor.com and those sort of things. And it's, it's usually a numbers game. It's, it's going to take a hundred leads to close one. So at what point do they determine that it fit, you know, if they're shifting their mindset to be more efficient, where do they figure out if it's worth it or not? The question is, where do your ideal clients hang out? And Zillow sounds actually like a very good place. Mm -hmm. So, and, and 100 to 1 is not bad. That can be easily a very cool game if you just improve it a little bit, right? And then it becomes 100 to 2, 100 to 3. So I would immediately go Zillow and 100 to 1. That's a nice game to start. But, and, and automate some parts. So how do we find out if Zillow is the right thing? First question. Who is my ideal client? Make it a five, a five items list. For example, I am the best for people who are searching a, an urban small apartment where they can have a dog and they have three daughters and, and, and they have a Bitcoin miner in the garage. For example, that would be very specific, right? Be as specific as possible. Carve your niche, 
especially at the beginning when you enter a market. Later on, when you dominate the market, you can go broad and defend the market with broad, with, uh, with a broad approach. At the beginning, sharp approach. When you enter a market, sharp approach. So make a list of five things that makes you a deal client. And then with that list, now think where do they hang out? And how do they take their decisions? What do they check before taking a decision? Maybe they check reviews. Maybe they're on Zillow. Maybe they are somewhere else. Think about this thing. And these are the two places where you want to be, where they hang out and where they consume the info before taking the decision to buy. These are the two places you want to dominate. And it's probably not Clubhouse. But if it's Zillow, all right, then go for Zillow. This is your place. And now learn to love it. Sure, and sure. Just Now let's make it fun. Let's make it fun. So first day you go in and let's say you just, you don't want to close anything. Your goal is to get 15 rejections. So get in and make a list. And when you have 15 rejections, then your day is done. Next day, make it 55 rejections, etc. So you can play the game as you want. Start it from an angle that is fun for you. Make it a game like you were playing Mario Karts. Make it a game at the beginning because it's about volume. It's a sales is a contact sport. Okay, don't be fancy. <laughs> Just go in full in like we are talking rugby here. All right. And so make a ton, a ton of conversations per day. Make it your goal to have as many conversations as possible per week. And, um, and that's my weekly habit. So my daily habit is how will I allocate my time tomorrow? I write it down. I can share with you right now my screen for people who are listening. I'm showing my screen on the iPad. I have a simple list which says what I'm doing today. And so it says six, I was running, seven, I was talking to Sam, 9.30, I have a live Q&A on YouTube, etc. So it's the flow of my day. And today in the evening, before I go to dinner, there are two questions that this template asks me, and you can go and download this template afterwards. It says, Simon, which of today's activities could be done by somebody else better than you tomorrow? It's the delegation question. Really important that you ask yourself this question in the evening because you have still warmed the experience of the day. And now, for example, let's say you were doing on Zillow, you were doing data entry. You, you were writing the data about the leads manually into your CRM. That might be something that you delegate because you have to stay in the zone of genius. If you're a closer, you have to do closing. Everything that is administration of the closing, which is usually before and after, documentation, follow-up, etc. Let a software do it for you or let a VA doing it for you. You shouldn't be doing it. That's a bad use of your time. And so this is where you identify these things because you have them still, you feel them. Ah, oh, that was tedious. All right, let's delegate it or cut or automate. I have a CRM that does this for me. And then because AI does this for you, they collect everything from their LinkedIn profile, etc. You don't have to do that. And also my AI also reminds me, Simon, this is your brief of today. Today you will have seven people who want to sprint. One you will meet at 9.30, etc. And they give me a short brief uh, before the meeting. And, and it's not even expensive. And the second question, if I lived more intentionally and more freely, what would I do? This is important. This, oh, I always wanted to write a book. Uh, oh, 
I always wanted to to start my own podcast or whatever it is, which is bigger than your daily usual task, you will probably forget it. Uh, and so this one will remind you, hey, what was the big dream? And then when I scroll up, I have the next one for, for tomorrow, right? And tomorrow I will do the same. What do I do? Six, six, I will go running, etc. So same thing. And here it asks me, what are the top three for this week? If, if I'm not clear, this will remind me that I have to be clear. What are the top three? And that's just a very simple example of my daily habit. How am I allocating my time? How should I allocate my time tomorrow? So tonight I prepare tomorrow's day and tomorrow that will be the perfect flow for my energy, for my style, but also taking care that I do the things that move the business forward and nothing else. So, so are you talking to typically in your business, are you talking to, uh, individual entrepreneurs and a lot of times, or are you talking to, uh, you know, like executives at companies or is it a combination of both? Uh, yeah, I talk to business owners, they are solopreneurs or they run small teams or medium sized teams. These are the people I talk to. So when you, are you having this same conversation with everyone? And, and I, and I asked this question because like what you just described and, sh and, and showed, you know, it's, that's not, I wouldn't say that's like new, right? There's other coaches that are saying the same thing. And I wonder how many of you listening to this are thinking to yourself, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard the whole calendar thing. Ah, it's not for me. How would you respond to somebody who says that, who says, yeah, I, I, I just don't follow a calendar. I don't do that sort of thing. I hear you. And I was the same. But as soon as you want to scale your business, you will, you will come back to this because you cannot scale without a plan. And um, if, if you have done ever any sports and you tried to become number one in anything or even your first marathon, your first triathlon, you will find out. And if you remember, you had a coach, you had a training plan and you had a sequence of reflecting. Oh, my God, I was running too fast the whole week. That's why I feel burned out now. That's why I became number 17 and not number one. So you need a plan. You need execution and you need a loop that constantly, and this will take weeks. That's why our program is 90 days, because you will need constant awareness building. Oh, this is what I do. Oh, this is how I avoid this. Oh, this is what I'm trying to, to move forward instead of doing it. And so you, you have to find your obstacles and you have to face them and then break through your own resistance and every everybody of us has his their personal resistances because everybody knows what's the right thing to do everybody knows how to eat clean how to exercise daily and how to sell stuff everybody knows but we all have our own personal styles of avoiding it right mm -hmm. and our personal journey of becoming better and better and better every every week one percent better so i am every week worse than next week and better one percent than last week that's my only benchmark. And so every day I think about how to best allocate my time. Every week I get three things reported. My marketing numbers, my sales numbers, my operations numbers. So I have a real-time dashboard. And uh, meanwhile, my team reports to me. But when I started out, I was writing them down. My marketing numbers. How many conversations, conversations 
did I start this week? How many of them became 80% ready to buy? How many of them were on my website today or clicked something that shows interest? My three sales numbers. How many sales conversation did I have? And a sales conversation is a specific conversation. There you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't want to start the conversation anymore. This is where you want to close the deal. So it's maybe the eighth or twelfth or fifteenth conversation that you have, and it's a very specific flow. And we teach how to how to structure that conversation and how to close the deal. And so numbers of we call them discovery calls that we had number of discovery calls and then number of closed deals so percentage and uh, and the third one number of follow-ups to do because the follow-up is the game mm-hmm. you will need 8 to 15 contact points and then the don't expect to close in the second in the second session and then the third question ops numbers now this is about delivery how many happy clients how many pissed off clients do i have and how many referrals did i get from clients for example, three, 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 and you have your real-time dashboard. Important that you have it every seven days because you do not decide every 30 days. And when you take your decisions, you need, you need a reality to base your decisions on. Don't decide on narratives. Most people that I see decide on narratives. Decide on your reality, and your reality is told by your numbers. That's the weekly habit. And then there is the monthly habit. Once a month, we ask ourselves, Are we going in the right direction at the right speed? Speed alone is not enough. You want velocity. And velocity in physics is speed, including the direction. Because if if you think back of the marathon, you can run faster than anybody else. But if you're running in 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 the wrong direction, faster, that's the worst thing you can do. So you want to check first the direction and then go full in. And, and, and this we do monthly, half an hour checking direction, and we have a checklist of things that we go through. Say, are we selling to the right people at the right place, the right price, the right way? All right, let's go. Next round. And if something pops up, oh, I'm not sure if it's the right place. Okay, then we need an hour workshop on that or 90 minutes, diving deep and solving that before we continue sprinting. Interesting. I love it. And I want to, I wanted to go back to uh, something that you mentioned when it came to Zillow, for example, which was, I think a lot of people look and, I, and I'm not saying everybody does this, but I think a lot of people look at that, that, that exercise of, okay, I need to be calling on these leads. And they look at it like, I'm going to get, you know, one conversion today, but you said it the other way. You said, I'm going to get to 15 rejections today. Tomorrow, I'm going to go to 55. Um, is, there a, is there a psychology behind that? Because I like that. But, but at the same token, I think agents are going to be thinking to themselves, well, but then how do I sell anything if I'm not, if I don't have the goal of, of, of getting, gaining a customer, a listing or a buyer, what, what good is getting the rejections getting me? So what is the, explain the psychology behind that and, and why that works. Of course, the, the only goal is closing the deal and close, closing many deals. But how do we get there? So let's say you are a beginner. Then I would say go for rejections because you have, you have to get into the volume per day. That's the only way. You have to do your kilometers. Do your first 150 sales conversations and let, let's learn from there. Now let's say you are a pro. You, you have had your 500 conversations. 
All right, then we don't need this approach anymore. Now it's just how can we get rid of everything that is not the sales conversation? For example, how to scan through the, the ones and identify the top 15 of today. This is something that we need to delegate or automate or in some form get off your desk. Because we want you, if you want to work, let's say eight hours per day, I want you to do eight hours of the most promising conversations. You don't waste their time, you don't, you don't waste your time. So we need a filtering system, something that tells us they are qualified in or they are qualified out. Remember the, the five steps checklist? This is, this is something that now somebody can, for example, a VA on your team, or an intern on your team goes through the whole Zillow list with this checklist and says, all right, I've identified these six people. They fit your ideal client situation perfectly. And they are 80% ready to buy according to what I see here. And I have put them on your calendar. Open up your laptop. You will find them on your calendar. Close half of them. Mm -hmm. That might be a good day. And so you have now eight hours of work. You have eight people or six people on your calendar. Your goal is close three. That's not bad. And then we will try every day to have it like that. It, it's an easy thing and you will get to, I don't know, 300,000, 500,000 per year pretty easily with this method. And let's say after six months, you are there, you are doing now half a million. Now the, your life is miserable and your numbers are cool. Now you are the bottleneck of your business. This is where I was five years ago. It's easy to do half a million, but first, I don't have a life anymore. And second, I am the problem here. I am the bottleneck. And so I went back to my daily habit. All right, what is really in the business and on the business? Is sales really on the business? No, 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 no. I should work on form, fit and function of my sales system. I should improve the sales workflows, not doing the sales call anymore. So what I've been doing so far, I'm writing it down and I'm teaching others. And then I do it, I create a certification model. I let them pay 800 bucks per month to have the chance to close on my team. And they will do a ton of money. And I will work four hours per day on improving this system. And I will also do a ton of money. But I will have more time for my friends and my family. And now you go from growing a business to scaling a business. What is more fun? You know what? Since you mentioned that, explain the difference between the two. Yeah, growing, growing your scaling. business. Yeah, growing is the grind of getting, you know, as many conversations as possible, closing them. That's growing a business. And you can grow up to, I don't know, 300,000, 400,000, 500,000. And then there is a limit, your time limit per day. You are the limit. When you remove yourself from being the bottleneck, I have fired myself from operations five years ago. So I said, Simon is not available as a coach. Of course I can coach, but you cannot book me anymore as a coach. You, you cannot book me for half a million for one hour. It's off the table. In that moment, I started enabling my colleagues. And so I started teaching them. I became the coach of the coaches. And so you, be, you can become the sales trainer of your sales team, the head coach. You are now the head coach. And so this is now the part where you start scaling the business. Because now, especially if you have a franchise model or certification model like I have, 
There is no downside. If you have a very bad sales month, nothing happens. You don't have to fire anybody. They are paying to be on your team. Your cash flow is fine, even in a very bad sales month. And if you have an amazing sales month, 15 times, 15x last week, usually you would break now and say, oh my God, I cannot deliver. I, I cannot have 15 times that delivery. But now you can. You just need three more, three more people on your on your franchise team. You can even get three in for free just to survive this month. Give them a free month. So you are, you are super resilient because you can have a bad month. That's the difference between growing and scaling. The business is now independent of you, works all the time. When you are on holiday, it works. When you are playing with your kids, it works. And you, the downside is super resilient in a bad sales month. And the upside is infinitely scalable because you are not the bottleneck anymore. You just need three more people and you can do 16 more clients. So you can scale it up anytime. And if you find a smart way of turning, which you should anyway, turning your fixed cost into variable costs. So when there is less work, there is less costs. And when there is more work, there is more costs, which just makes sense, right? But, but how do you articulate that to a real estate agent when it comes to, let's just say staff, you know, what is your idea? And I, I think I know the answer, but I'm going to ask you, you know, because I agree with you. If it, it, when, when we start up, I'm in the mortgage business, actually, and when we start up a branch or we partner with a real estate firm, which we do, uh, we usually we are starting that thing up on a shoestring budget, which AKA means all variable cost. It, we only have cost if we close a loan, and, you know, as much as we can. There's some fixed cost, but it's very, very minimal, which makes our break even very low. We don't have to close a lot of deals to break even. Uh, but once you get to that point where you want to scale, now I've got to start incorporating some fixed costs, but we've made it to that level, right? So articulate that to an agent where with a real estate agent who has a whole hell of a lot less restrictions than the mortgage business does. And, and how can they make that cost variable when you talk about, you know, doing the paperwork and doing the things that, you know, they need to be making it rain. That's what they, in theory, should be best at, right? They're a realtor. You're the salesperson. So how do you get, what is an idea that you would have for a realtor to get it variable versus fixed? I think you can get 99% variable as a realtor. So do you really need a headquarter? Like, no, no. You Especially can not rent any. Age. No, and and even even later on, uh, you can rent any place that you want. You can rent a spa, a golf resort, whatever you need for that client. And you know, for the one you will need a golf resort, and for the other one, you you, you meet at a barbecue. You know, uh, you are much more flexible. So that's the one thing. You really just need a laptop, right, and a Wi-Fi. So that's the one thing. No headquarters. Next thing. Paying employees. No, you don't need that. Create a, a smart system where people pay to work with you because it's an incentive for them. They get better deals, better clients, better projects, better working time, less travel, uh, or maybe a combination of all of these things. If they work with you, they will be happy to work with you. And, um, and, uh, and it's easy right now to get people. Uh, it's only hard if it's a boring business. Like if you, if you are looking for somebody to, to, if you're a restaurant, you have a problem, 
right now. You don't get people for 32 bucks to wash the dishes right now. They stay home, buy Bitcoin and say, why should I do it? Yeah, they spend Biden's money, which is your tax money to, to buy Ethereum and Luna right now, which, which uh, I, I understand them completely. It's smarter, actually. It's much smarter. So on the, and the other side, cool projects, you will get Harvard graduates want to want to work with you because they say, hey, I want time freedom. I want to say when, when I work and how much. I want location freedom and I want cool people, a, a clean, cool environment with people that I like. Mm -hmm. That's it. No suits, no administration, no boring stuff. And so you have that environment. So you have something to offer. And now, what else do you have in terms of costs? You have software. Well, that's fine. You will use that. Then what else you have in terms of big costs? Maybe you have suppliers like people do maybe your Facebook ads for you. Well, you can either old school contract with them. I pay you 1,500 bucks per month. Or you do it the smart way. You say, I pay you 20% of every closed deal. So let's get started. Mm -hmm. Now you will have zero costs when they do not deliver. And most agencies will not deliver. So you will have just to fire them after four months, probably two or three of them. And then you will find the fifth one, probably, who does deliver. And now when you have more work, you have more costs. But it's fine to give them, I don't know, 25%, whatever you negotiate with them. It's absolutely fine. They, they are building your business they should get paid well for it. But now you both have skin in the game and the costs only go up when, they, when the profit goes up. Mm -hmm. This is a smart way. And this you can do with every supplier from the outside. And now we have covered most of the costs. We have your headquarters, your staff and your suppliers. The rest is peanuts, I would say. It's, it's fascinating what you just brought up, too, because I think a lot of agents do get caught up in that and they get caught up in buying the leads, especially Facebook leads. And most of them spend X amount of dollars. You said $1,500. And that's very, very common and then get nothing in return. And a lot of it is not always because the leads suck. And in many cases, they do suck, but it's a conversion game. It's a time game and it's it's an automation and it's consistency. And I think most agents fail in that, in that arena. But you, you mentioned the concept of shifting the suggestion, I guess, if you will, to the, to the supplier, as you called them. And, and what would you say though, I assume you must have a little bit of experience in this. You know, if they go to a company who provides leads, I'm going to use a company called Whitley, which is a buddy of mine, Grant Wise. He does this, he runs Facebook ads and such and such for people. And there's a ton of these companies, but what are the odds that they're going to agree to that? Because they're, they're business people. They understand. They want to bring in the fixed revenue, not the variable revenue, right? Now that's flipping the table on them. What are the odds that anybody's actually going to take that? It's less, less than 30% chance that they will say yes. And you want to get rid of more than 70% of them. Because if they are bad at their job, they will say no automatically they will say no. They try to go for the easy way and they will try to hide as long as possible in a project. <laughs> and this is probably what most agencies do. And I don't like this game. So you unmask the game by directly going in with the revenue share 
And now you will get only 30% of people interested. And of this 30%, probably only half of them will really get the job done. So a couple of them you will try, but it will not work. After four months, you, you go apart. And I hopefully the, the third or the fifth or the sixth agency, it will work. But now you have a resilient system with the right people. Both have skin in the game. And this is the best project. When both have skin in the game, now you are business partners. So it took me five agencies to find this model for myself. And it took me $20,000 of wasted money. 20000 wasted until I got it right. So don't expect to get it right immediately. But what will you have then? You will have then a real business partner. And those business partners, now I refer clients to them and I get a commission and they refer clients to me and I get a commission. And sometimes we do a project together. So now you have real business partner. This can become a marketing machine. This can become an affiliate partnership, which is a sales machine. But this is a solid real foundations on real trust and on real numbers. This will make your brand better. And you have something that really works. And I think the main misconception, because you have different kind of funnels, you have a real funnel, which is getting people on your calendar who want to buy, getting the right people on your calendar and they want to buy. Then you have other kind of funnels, awareness funnels. That's a, that's a way people call it. Basically, it means it does bring nothing and it costs money. And maybe three years later, it will strengthen your brand. Well, thank you for that. <laughs> I can do that cheaper. You know, mm -hmm. I can go to six podcasts per day and I'm strengthening my brand and I'm wasting, I'm not wasting all that money. So there are easier way to do it, right? Write a book, etc. Start a podcast. So I, I don't want to, I want to waste money. So these awareness kind of funnels, don't do it. And then there are funnels where you're selling something small. So at least you are re, you are having a funnel that repays itself. So now you have maybe a zero cost funnel that brings leads. Okay, then that might be a compromise. That might be a deal. For example, I don't know, uh, you have a video where you share something really, really valuable and you charge 95 bucks for that video. And maybe the cost of a lead is for you 95 bucks, which probably is a good lead. That's what a good lead costs you. So then it's fine. You have the same cost of leads and they are paying for it. And at, at the end, you have a funnel that you want to have and it's not dragging your budget. But I wouldn't be okay with an awareness funnel. And this is usually what 70% of the agencies go for. And then they say, yeah, it's working, it's working. Where, where, are, where, where is the deal? And then they say, well, you have this click rate. I don't care about click rate. I care about deals per week. Yeah. So it's almost like a shift of mindset there. It's, and it's interesting that we went down this rabbit hole because, you know, the big agencies, the Zillows, the Realtor.coms, they are shifting their model to be selling less leads. And now they want a piece of the pie uh, from agents. And, and the industry, by and large, has just been up in arms about it. Unless, unless you are one of those preferred agents who is reaping the rewards, which those they keep their mouths shut. And I know why, because they're killing it. Right. But, th but it's exclusive. Right. And it's interesting how if you flip the table, all of a sudden that concept could work in your favor, because now, like you said, 
you're going to have, you, you might talk to 10 agencies and seven of them are going to be like, no, I'm not doing that. It's you're going to pay me X amount of dollars and I'm going to drive you leads. And you say, well, then I guess we're not, we're not made to work together. Right. You either are willing to do it my way and, and put your money where your mouth is, which you'll make more money than I would be paying you because 20% of one potential conversion could be that entire, you know, the, the nut that I was going to cut. Uh, but now you're making them basically put their money where their mouth is, which I love. A last thing I want to ask you, because we've we've kind of stuck on the the lead piece of this and going back to the whole, you know, the three strategies and and identifying, you know, if something is worth your time. And, and you know, so again, we, we went down the Zillow path. We we established that Clubhouse is not the answer. Uh, but but when you talk about another strategy, which is more of a long game, which is. Uh, let's just say uh, establishing a Facebook group uh, where it's uh, you're going to put all of your friends and family, quote unquote, past customers in it to stay top of mind awareness, which in my opinion is probably the best CRM you can have because you're meeting your customers where they want to be met, not where you're throwing them into some automated system and sending them messages that they don't care about or focusing on a strategy on Instagram or focusing on something on TikTok or YouTube, any of those places, which it's harder to, 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 to quantify an ROI one, two, it takes time. It's a long game doing video, doing the branding, doing that sort of thing. It's a longer game, but if the few that stick with it from what I've learned and I've experienced once, if you stick with that and you have some slim years from an ROI standpoint on those, those, those vehicles, if you stick with it, all of a sudden you could hockey stick curve and you can just explode. But if I was truly taking your advice and saying, does it increase conversion? Will it increase frequency? Does it increase my price? Well, I might spend two to three years or longer of none of that happening. So at what point do you say, you know, where does it make sense? I prefer to find the direct path. The direct path might be eight hour on Zillow until you hit the 500,000 per year and then you scale it from there and then you don't need anything else. That, that might be one direct path. If the direct path doesn't work, then okay, then let's build now a second entry channel, but only if the first one doesn't work. So I would, for 90 days, I would go for the direct path and just improve each part of that. Let's say we pick Zillow. You go to Zillow, you do your eight hours, and then every evening I would review, okay, how many did I close? Two, what was my goal? Four, what's the gap? What do I learn from this gap? What do I improve today and tomorrow I test it? If you do this 90 times, you probably get your direct path right. You do this six months, nine months, you have now your 400,000 revenue, and, and now you just start certifying other people or creating the franchise. So if that doesn't work, okay, then let's have a multiple entry points strategy, but it's less impactful and it's more work. But then this might be a Facebook group, this might be a mastermind, this might be a book club, this might be a YouTube channel. Like I run a YouTube channel, I run a Facebook group. My Facebook group is called Entrepreneurship in Sprints, if you wanna check it out. My YouTube channel is called Simon Severino. I go there every day. Today I was giving a Q&A for, for 50 people. They were asking me which crypto assets to buy and which stocks to buy. So of course I'm curating the community, whatever they need to solve, I'm happy to be there, right? That's how we build community. 
And that can create network effects and the hockey stick that you say. But first, go for the direct path. It may be just Zillow all day long and you crush it because then you might become one of those preferred partners. And that would be my goal number one. If that doesn't work, then okay, multiple entry points and community building. But that's a long-term game. Mm -hmm. And now this is only if you want to build a big business because now you will have one person who does the Facebook group. You know, we have now a community manager for the Facebook group. So uh, We have a whole team, analytics team for the YouTube show, uh, editing team for the YouTube show. Now you are creating ton of, uh, of budgeting responsibility, you are now hiring, hiring, hiring. Maybe you don't need that. Maybe if you go for the direct path, it's much leaner and it's much better for you. But then, of course, as soon as you want to scale it and you build community, yes, Facebook group, yes, podcast, even better than building your own podcast, you you get onto podcasts of other people. So they had all the work of building the community. You come in and you are the star. Even better. And you can do six per day. Love it. I love it. And I think that's, I think what I heard you say too partially there is, and, and we say this, is, you know, it, it's, it's, it's not just a one, you're not a one trick pony as a real estate agent, or really any salesperson. And you're going to need some, some variants of, leads because that's more of an immediate return versus the longer game. Because if you just focus on the leads, if you get into the Zillow, for example, and you're crushing it, yeah, that works. And you're excited and you're like, I don't need a Facebook group. I don't need a brand on Instagram or TikTok or any of that stuff. But then all of a sudden, three, four, five years down the road, you're going to be burnt out because you're going to get tired of chasing leads rather than attracting business, which is what the longer game does. Um, Simon, it's interesting that doesn't matter who I talk to, we always end up back on those conversations and, and uh, you validated it for us and you're the professional. So let's, I love, I love this conversation. There's, there's a lot of great nuggets that you, that you dropped here. What is a good place if somebody wants to connect with you, learn more about your business, maybe even get coached by you, how do they find you? Where, they, where can they connect with you? The main place is strategiesprints.com and you will find there also all these templates, the daily habit, weekly habit, monthly habit. You can download them. They are open source. I'm an open source guy. I think everybody wins if we share. And, uh, and I hang out on YouTube every day, Simon Severino. And there is a Facebook group called Entrepreneurship in Sprints if you want to hang out with us. Entrepreneurship in Sprints, is that what you said? Yes, Entrepreneurship in Sprints. What is the, uh, what's happening in that group? Like, what will people find there? There are a couple, I think it's 1,100 entrepreneurs in there. And they're talking right now, they're talking crypto assets and inflation and how to protect from inflation and uh, what's, what will be the CPI number. That's what we are, they are discussing today. And uh, they're discussing, you know, how to grow business, how to improve their sales, all the tough questions, how to market, how to sell, how to hire, how to fire. All the good stuff. Love it. That's great. That's fantastic. Simon, I really appreciate your time today. Go check out strategysprints.com or go get into that group, Entrepreneurship and Sprints. It sounds like this stuff is, is super valuable. Uh, I really appreciate your time and uh, especially coming to us all the way from Austria. It's always fun talking to uh, our guests from all over the world. So Simon, I appreciate you. I'm glad we got to connect and I hope we can stay in touch. This was fun. Keep rolling, everybody. Today's episode is brought to you by Chime. 
Chime offers an award-winning sales acceleration platform built for the real estate industry. Powered by artificial intelligence, Chime delivers the data insights agents and teams need to make the most out of the leads they already have and to get to a close faster. Through an expanding partner network, Chime's easy-to-use conversion platform also delivers quality sales-ready leads from the get-go. It eliminates time-consuming manual tasks and helps agents focus on what matters most, building their network, servicing clients, and growing the bottom line. To learn more about how Chime can help you, visit www.chime.me or call 833-682-4463. Agents Podcasts.